everyone and welcome back to the third part of this episode series that touches upon um, ethical and moral issues as they relate to technology and music. The previous two parts present a number of, of things to unpack. In short, an ensemble may want to hold a composition competition with an entry fee in order to financially realize an otherwise impossible concept and give jobs to performers, which in itself is an ethical positive. Thus, avoiding doing in-depth repertoire research, depleting a composer's score rental income, and limiting the competition to members of a certain financial class, which is a moral negative. So the same event can be an ethical positive and a moral negative. Even from a strictly ethical viewpoint, the issue is uh, not at all clear-cut. So an ethicist with a mostly egocentric teleological perspective may applaud the event, whereas someone with a utilitarian teleological view would mostly rate it negatively due to the deleterious impact on the majority of um, potential participants. A deontological ethicist would squarely abhor the payers for a chance to program your music lottery model, the duty taking precedence over the potentially dubious greater benefit for a majority of people. Living as a professional obliges a musician or an ensemble to face the reality of the cost of doing business, which in the best of cases would not compel them to compromise their personal moral compass. Sadly, the opposite scenario frequently proves true. The cost of doing business shifts to the shoulders of upper middle class composers who can afford to attend workshops, seminars, summer programs, and even mentoring opportunities. Events that are all set up to offset the costs of concert production and new music promotion and new musicians promotion. Another predicament, the third predicament caused by technological innovation that I will address comprises the emergence of reliable online streaming of sound files. The easy accessibility of recorded music, the necessity of artists to agree to poverty wages and percentages in order to obtain a certain level of visibility in hope for a better future. The incapacity of copyright laws to catch up with technological advancements all those constitute but a part of the problematic. My uh, own research and lived experiences lead me to believe that we musicians have uh, missed the boat, so to speak, with respect to access to moral and ethical consumption of music. There is a wonderful article that I'll tell you about. Um, it's uh, written by a person called Sorum, 
ethical consumption applications as failed market innovations, exploring consumer bracket, non-close bracket acceptance of quasi-market devices. So the article, though not so so weighing failed uh, streaming applications or websites, touch on certain universal consumer behaviors that have nothing to do with the perceived moral good of the consumer behavior itself, but rather with common sense. Ethical consumption has to be adopted early by a large number of consumers. The technology should be as easily usable and applicable as possible. Uh, Sorum, the author, uh, uh, mentions Fair Trade Sweden, one of the almost successful mobile applications that uh, they surveyed. Here's a short quote. The informants appreciated how the app enabled them to sidestep effort to sidestep efforts to decouple choice from the transaction and instead combine them effortlessly through the device while in store. Trust and choice were partly delegated to the device. The digitalized choice device combined the energy and time-saving value they looked for in such technologies and mediated sustainable purchase without interference from human intervention, less than actually pulling out one's phone in the store. Sorum's article indicates why ethical ways of streaming music, a process which depends heavily on sharing, active promotion, visibility, tailored education, may not catch up among the general population. In Sorum's case study on ethical applications, participants actively resist virtue signaling, not willing to appear as, and here comes a quote, one of those people. Uh, The interviewer tries to make the participant share the app or the action. The interviewer responds uh, that they don't want to, uh, that the the participant responds they don't want to. The interviewer says, oh, you should boast for your friends, and participant totally says they don't want to, um, and says I'm not one of those people. I highly recommend the article. I will put the, the, the quote um, in the description of the episode. And um, I will continue next time with uh, another study that actually does not focus actively on conscientious, actively ethical consumers, but uh, a more general study. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day and see you next and hear you next time. Bye bye.